Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Hey, it's Ben Kissel. I want to give you an update on what's happening with my campaign to be the next Brooklyn Borough President. September 12th is the primary. So if you are unaffiliated, if you're not registered a Democrat or Republican, you can vote. So if you know someone in Brooklyn or you yourself are in Brooklyn, make sure to get out and vote September 12th. Go to your local polling place uh, and, and mark it down for Ben Kissel for Brooklyn Borough president. The Reform Party is currently being primaried by the Republican Party. What happened was the Reform Party has changed leadership and has since become much more pragmatic. Obviously, they're going with candidates such as myself who are focusing on criminal justice reform. Uh, That includes fully legalizing the recreational use of marijuana. I'm talking about the MTA not shutting down the L train, which will devastate Bushwick, Williamsburg, Greenpoint, etc. And of course, I am focusing on vocational education. The Republican Party wants the Reform Party to continue to be a rubber stamp, and that is no longer happening. And we're going to let them know, we're going to send that message September 12th. The Reform Party is new. We are here to be a viable political voice for the people of New York, and in my situation specifically, the people of Brooklyn. So get out and vote September 12th. Ben Kissel for Brooklyn Borough President. Let's beat the Republicans. Let's send a message to a national political party. There's new voices in town, and we've got something to say that's going to benefit everyone, specifically the people of Brooklyn, when I am their president. All right, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, Again, September 12th, get out there and vote. BK for BK. If you want to look at some more stuff, you can go to BK for BK.com. All right. Hail yourselves, everyone, and uh, enjoy this episode of Abe Lincoln's Top Ad. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. How are you, Marcus? I'm good. My d- culture has entered the scab stage. That's the best stage to be in. It's, <laughs> it's, it's strong. It's the most virulent. Oh, really? Yet it is. So at, it's actually the most dangerous right now? Right now, it is at its most dangerous. But it looks like it's at its weakest. It, exactly. 
It's like a living organism. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. The herpes, right. the herpes virus has gotten quite advanced over the years. Wow. The only political show ever that starts with <laughs> conversations like this, by the way. You got to love it. Uh, a little bit later on in the episode, we are interviewing Lewis. He is a uh, DACA recipient. Um, so you got to make sure to check that out. Absolutely fascinating. For those that don't know, I think everyone knows what's happening. Uh, Donald Trump has said he plans to end the DACA program uh, after six months unless Congress is able to pass through a, a program themselves. Of course, what happened was in 2012, Congress failed to pass comprehensive immigration reform. Barack Obama took it upon himself with an executive order to create the program DACA, which is what we still have today. So uh, what Donald Trump is doing is giving it back to the Congress, and hopefully uh, they can figure something out. However, at the end of the day, um, they haven't been proving themselves to be effective yeah. uh, in any which way possible, specifically when it comes to, uh, to immigration. So I believe the DACA should have been kept in place. I think this is a situation where Donald Trump, anything that Barack Obama did, Donald Trump wants to see gone, regardless if it was good, bad, or otherwise. And I think this is personal for him. Uh, and unfortunately, we have nearly a million people, and we get into this with the interview uh, with Lewis, nearly a million people in limbo right now because of Donald Trump's political decision to get rid of DACA. It really is personal, I, I think. And we've talked about this on this show, and I think we even talked about it on the stream, mm -hmm. is it seems like Donald Trump's entire motivation here seems to be that Barack Obama made fun of him once. Yes, in the in, he, Barack Obama got into roast mode, and that is how powerful roast mode can be. It can it can make someone a supervillain. Yeah, yeah, yeah roast mode can seriously. Uh -huh. Yeah, and the well, I guess the the birther thing came before all that, but it, it is really strange how obsessed Donald Trump got with Barack Obama and all of Barack Obama's policies and the things that he enacted throughout his eight years in office. Do yep. you wonder what his motivations are behind that? Well, you know, it certainly isn't economic because uh, there is no economic basis for having the amount of uh, hatred that he does have for immigrants. I just found this out. I was looking into uh, a Fortune magazine, Silicon Valley. 51% of billion-dollar startups in the U.S. were founded by immigrant entrepreneurs. In turn, those companies create an average of roughly 760 jobs per company. And in 2016, 40.2% of firms on the Fortune 500 list had at least one founder who either immigrated to the United States or was a child of immigrants. As a child of an immigrant, I can tell you, um, they're not all like me. Some are good. Uh, so I, I promise you, uh, this policy doesn't make any economic sense whatsoever. It is red meat for a base uh, that likes to chew uh, as much as possible on uh, on divide and conquer politics, which mm -hmm. is what's happening uh, right now in this country, whether it be Muslims, whether it be Mexicans, uh, immigrants uh, as a whole. Of course, when we talk about immigrants in this country, we are talking about Latinos. In the context of any conversation regarding Donald Trump's uh, stance towards immigrants, or even at this point, the Republican Party stance mm -hmm. towards immigrants, we are talking about Latino immigrants. That is what's happening. So uh, a lot of um, Republicans. I've, I was on with Harlan Hill the other day. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter who then voted for Donald Trump. Very interesting. Uh, nice guy. Completely disagree with the politics. We were on uh, America's Newsroom. And what the Republicans are trying to argue now, this is they're just they're saying this is constitutional. This is the Constitution. Yes. Read the Constitution. And as we all know, the Constitution is as broad as a horoscope and it is a pet peeve of mine when people manipulate it and use it to prove their points. You can prove any point mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the Constitution. The greatest doc 
document uh, in political in the world's political history. Um, but it is totally subjective on certain things. And their argument, this is the conservative argument uh, for ending DACA, is that it's unconstitutional because it didn't go through the Congress, didn't go through the House, didn't go through the Senate. So we can't uh, we can't allow it to exist. Keep in mind, we are in two wars that did not go through the Congress. Yeah. So, but this is where the Republican Party and conservatives want to draw the line. And not all of the Republican Party. Senator Jeff Flake uh, out of Arizona, no love lost there between him and Donald Trump, uh, tweeted about this. This is how we get our information nowadays via Twitter. It just is what it is. Um, Saying that he wanted DACA to stay in place. Many, many uh, Republicans want DACA to stay in place. So this is not uh, as partisan as a lot of people uh, want it to be. And I'm happy to see people in the, within the Republican Party standing up against uh, Donald Trump's idea and policy to get rid of um, the, the program within six months. Again, unless Congress acts, but uh, they don't exactly have a great track record of that. Well, if you want to speak about this thing totally objectively, and you, if you want to take the uh, intense cruelty uh, that this exudes, the, the the cruelty behind this entire thing, because it is a cruel uh, enactment that they're going yep. through here. Uh, if you want to go completely objective here, this is a waste of time. Oh, it's a total waste of time. It's the, a waste of money. And again, these people can contribute to our economy greatly. It is a waste of time. It is a huge distraction. Uh, We should be talking about the fact that the United States is being hit by two gigantic hurricanes, one right on the heels of the other, while at the same time Donald Trump just appointed a climate change denier to head NASA. And NASA is where we get a large amount of our uh, climate change data from. They got to start making that heart machine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's get let's get on this weather control thing if we could. Yeah, if we, uh, absolutely. If we could. But th- those yeah. are the sorts of things that are, are very important to America right now. Totally. Dire things. And of course, uh, it should definitely be mentioned that uh, Donald Trump, in order to build his idiotic wall, nineteen he was, billion dollars, nineteen billion dollars, he was going to slash funding to FEMA, uh, who already don't have enough people to handle what's going on in Houston, much less what's about to come with Hurricane Irma here in just a couple of days to Florida. Yeah. He also cut. Billions from the Coast Guard budget in order to uh, theoretically uh, fund some of this building yeah. of the of this useless concrete yeah. structure and over the southern border. Yeah. And, and of co- course, who's in charge uh, when these storms happen? You, yeah. you want a strong Coast Guard, I'll tell you that. No, the Coast Guard are uh, the people at the forefront of rescuing people in flooded, flooded areas. The Coast Guard are the most misunderstood organization in the country. Yes. They are in the forefront of the war on drugs. The more drug smugglings come through our ports, more illegal immigrants come through our ports. And then again, as Marcus just mentioned, uh, rescue operations. The Coast Guard is extremely important for this country's security on many, many fronts. And so that is, again, another example of naivete coming from the White House uh, regarding funding for certain uh, institutions that need uh, our, our tax dollars. Yeah, you should. If you're in charge of the government, you should really understand what's going on inside the government and not take your opinion of the Coast Guard from some hacky 80s comedian. Sure. Um, so we're going to get more into DACA again with uh, with Lewis. There are some uh, some politicians. Uh, this fella out of uh, the Curbella out of Florida has proposed a plan. It's basically DACA. You know, that's the, the, the interesting thing about what we're going to see put forward from Congress uh, is going to be DACA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just going to go through, theoretically, uh, these, these uh, uh, hoops. And I understand I want to function in government. But at the end of the day, 
Uh, people talk about extreme vetting, all those sorts of things. Donald Trump talks about extreme vetting. DACA is the definition of extreme vetting. They got, they had to get approved by Homeland Security. They had to have either they were enrolled in high school. Uh, these are DACA recipients I'm talking about, or they had to have a degree. They had to have a job. And the majority of people that applied for DACA didn't get it. I mean, this was the definition of vetting. Yeah. So uh, for him to give it to the Congress, I think it's a, uh, a massive mistake personally because I just don't have faith in Congress, not to mention uh, what they have going on right now. They have a full plate. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think they need to add another T-bone steak to that plate because they can't finish what they have right now. Well, one of the arguments that I've heard against DACA uh, is that if, say, a parent steals a piece of bread for oh my God, their hunger. Seriously, they're like, if a parent steals a piece of bread for uh, their child, then you do not allow the child to keep the bread. Yeah, uh, I heard the that di- with a bike. They're yeah, like, yeah, if a parent steals a bike, it's like, what yeah. are you talking well, about? The difference is, is that you don't arrest the child. And that's uh. essentially what they're doing here is that they're trying to punish the child. They're trying to arrest the child yeah. for their parents, you know, for for the crime that their parents did, because their parents did commit a crime. Uh, but that's the thing, is that it all depends on if you believe the law is supposed to do any good for people. If you believe mm-hmm. that the law is there to punish people, if you are there to believe, if you believe that the law is only there for punitive reasons, then sure. If you want the law to be cruel, then that's great. But law is only supposed to, I mean, people always say there's right, there's wrong, and there's the law. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way if you don't push for it you know uh yeah it is unbelievable and this whole idea of of jobs and uh, and uh, immigrants taking jobs it's a total misnomer and if you look at incarceration rates uh with immigrants it's lower than citizens i mean there's just so much misinformation out there uh and it's just extremely unfortunate that we have nearly a million people uh in this country in political crosshairs because our president wants to score a political victory and even if they do pass uh these reforms why what's what's the difference right i mean and again the the amount of hypocrisy on the right when it comes to this issue regarding having to go through congress for constitutional reasons why are we in afghanistan why you know i mean we fight we have so much going on internationally that had no congressional approval that should have had congressional approval but apparently that was fine yeah and here at home too don't forget about the patriot act oh absolutely so i i think it's just again we'll get into more of that with lewis coming up here on the show let's just go into first of all what happened with north korea they fired a missile over uh japan uh, which was huge very very provocative to say the least that regime is amping up their nuclear program uh with no end in sight the rhetoric coming from uh Pyongyang. Pyongyang? Pyongyang. Pyongyang. I, I don't know i'm from wisconsin for crying out loud can i get a break over here uh the rhetoric is extremely hostile right now of course, uh, 90% of all of their trade comes through China. I'm talking about North Korea. 90% of the trade comes through China. What do you do? Do we have to try to nip that um, as much as possible regarding the Chinese? Donald Trump no longer considers them a currency manipulator. He sort of backed off on every single economic claim that he made against the Chinese government. Uh, Donald Trump didn't even want to uh, do uh, sanctions against the Russians. The Russians are the other ones who fund North Korea. So we have situa- we have a situation there that is just incredible increasingly getting more and more hostile with a regime that feels as if um, uh, it's it's uh, their backs are against the wall and I am not being sympathetic to their regime whatsoever their backs are against the wall to some degree because the 25 million people residing in North Korea are starved and at some point they're going to need to see what Kim Jong-un 
and his administration, his dictatorship have been talking about. Yeah. What they've been promising, the promise of a nuclear capability will have to be shown to them at some point in the near future um, or it's going to be a revolt. I mean, this is what happens when you have a country full of people who are um, at some point you can't eat your hatred for America. Yeah. You know, you actually need some bread. You need some soup and you need some, uh, you know, maybe some Papa John's. <laughs> I don't want to go that crazy. Oh, yeah, say Papa's so, in the house in Pyongyang? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's probably, honestly, Kim Jong-un probably gets Papa John's. Oh, I'm sure he's yeah. got his own little Papa John's oven there in yes. his uh, palace. So that is uh, heating up the era of strategic patience uh, is now over. And this is not this is not unique to the Trump administration. I do think there are some people blaming Donald Trump right now for what's happening with North Korea. This has gone on for four presidents. We've never known how to handle the hermit kingdom. Um, but there is some rationality to Kim Jong-un. He's not as irrational as a lot of people want to make it out to, to seem. He is, you know, he has an interest in mind, and his interest in mind is to uh, convince the North Korean people that they are part of the greatest country in the history of the world and that they have a reasonable chance of destroying the United States, which is beyond laughable. I mean, it would be devastating for the people of North Korea. But if you listen to them, there are some great interviewers, uh, some people uh, embedded over there. The, the North Korean people, they are 100% confident in their in their belief that they could destroy the United States. But yeah. It's not happening. However, in the meantime, they could kill millions of people. Yes, they have so they could it is kill a very serious situation. Absolutely. And Donald Trump, uh, yeah, of course, like you said, there's a you know, there have been four presidents that have been dealing with North Korea. Uh, but this it. is the first time when a reporter has asked or is attack on the table uh, that a president has said, We'll see. And yeah. flippantly well, has said we'll see as he's walking across the lawn and you know obviously the state-run media in uh, in north korea they take those things and whether they're in context out of context whatever it is that is perfect propaganda yeah. for them to use against the united states I so mean, you're right giving he, them actual lack- grist for the i mean he's he's given them uh like just wonderful propaganda because if there's one mm-hmm. thing that donald trump is great at it's not just his own propaganda it's about manufacturing propaganda for our enemies as well because he does not think about what he says uh, and he does not know yeah. that his statements are actually Meaningful. unhelpful. He, Although I will say his statements, because they have been so empty for so long, I don't think they hold the weight that uh, previous president statements made, which is kind of sad yeah. in a way that our president is just sort of like, okay, Donnie, yeah. thank you for your tweet, Donnie. Thank so you did, so much. And that's it. Uh, and we don't really give it much credence. Well, um, I mean, we, but it's, it's interesting because the people of North Korea do. Yeah, yeah. The, the, exactly. Like the people on the ground do. Like uh, the people in North Korea give that credence. The people in ISIS give that stuff credence. Uh, the people on the ground, and you know, and the people- I will say the people in Europe and Germany don't. No. They do not. <laughs> but no, yes. They absolutely do not. do not. But, you know, if we want to keep talking about terrorist organizations, the white nationalists here in America, the neo-Nazis, it gives them that they take that shit seriously. And there it is, gives yeah. them it gives them strength, uh, mm. and it gives our enemies strength as well, just in a different way. Yeah, and there is no denying uh, this uh, this DACA revelation coming from the Trump administration is that they the white nationalists of the world uh, the support. Uh, that he gets from them is only going to be made stronger with such announcements, uh, and I'm sure we'll continue down that sort of divisive uh, political road. Interesting thing with North Korea, Sebastian Gorka, 
you remember Gorka? Gorka! Gorka! <laughs> He's out. He's out of the administration. Oh, yeah. He's out. Now we just got to get Stephen Miller out, and we'll be at least a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Less hazing, I think. <laughs> Stephen Miller looks like a guy like uh, what was Animal House, the main jock. Uh, oh. Who just, good Lord, they're into some stuff there. <laughs> what a dead-eyed little piece of shit. Yeah, interesting guy. Um, Sebastian Gorka came out as soon as he left the White House. He never got uh, security clearance, uh-huh. by the way. That's how crazy he was. They're like, yeah. no, <laughs> we're not giving it to Gorka. We'll all right, Gorka out, doesn't Gorka. get it. Uh, but he was talking about how you've seen a massive decrease in the success rate of North Korean missile launches, and that is because uh, cyber war against the North Korean military uh, is very good. Yeah, and the U.S. has done done a heck of a job when it comes to dismantling their missiles from from a cyber perspective, which is quite fascinating. So, uh, you know, are we on the verge of nuclear war? No, but does it seem like? Uh, you know, an unstable situation or is less less stable uh, than it could be, I think so. And I think that that's, again, as Marcus was saying earlier, the, the flippancy of, of Donald Trump's responses regarding these really significant foreign policy decisions that a president... Uh, it might be the most important job for a president. Yeah, you know, is foreign policy specifically if you want to really, um, if you want to stress states' rights and have sort of you know governors be in charge of their constituents and not and not have um, the federal government have such a large foot, footprint domestically. Foreign policy is really it. It's what uh, we've been saying for a year and a half. Yeah, of course, it's, it's what we said during his candidacy: is that this is not the man that. Uh, foreign policy is one thing that the president has more autonomy on than mm. anything else. Uh, totally. And it is not just our projection to the world, you know, just to, to other people, to just regular citizens. It's also how we deal with other countries. I mean, there yeah. are these one-on-one backroom deals, these one-on-one meetings, uh, that it terrifies me to think what happens when Donald Trump is alone in a room Honestly, with, though, with man, Vladimir Putin. I just feel like in, like, Glasgow... Donald Trump might be really cool. No, I don't know. The like, Scottish hate him because remember the golf course that he. Oh, that's up. right. The, the Scottish, Scottish hate fucking despise him. Yeah, they did not like for him. very real personal reasons. It's a heck of a golf course. <laughs> By the way, Hurricane Hurricane Irma might uh, hurt uh, Mar-a-Lago, and I, my parents are in Florida. Are if you're in Florida, please, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Get some water. Get a whole bunch of different things uh, for food. My parents are staying. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, well, and, we'll see how they do. And also, be civilized down there. I just uh, read a. Uh, news story about two guys getting into a fist fight over plywood at home depot so everyone- well, that's a good reason to fight that's, <laughs> that's quality plywood right there yes oh, and i do want to say marcus mentioned backroom deals donald trump just struck up a deal with chuck schumer uh and nancy pelosi basically um uh expanding the debt ceiling for three months so he went sided with the democrats mitch mcconnell the republican party quite stunned by this i suppose you could call this a pragmatic move um and i would say that that is a pragmatic move usually i don't don't give him that credit. I say he's unprincipled, uh, such as with DACA, such as with the transgender ban, those sorts of things. I think that shows a lack of principle. Um, but when it comes to this, siding with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, I'm no fan of either. I think both are completely corrupt and have, are lifelong politicians, and I would hate but at the same time, the other side has their lifelong politics and uh, politicians. It is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, that was an interesting uh, development coming today. Yeah. From what I uh, saw, at least from what I've read so far, is that the Democrats went in with the deal. And, of course, Donald Trump is such a great negotiator. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Democrats went in. They put a deal on the table. And Donald Trump said, great. Great. Let's I just go with it. Let's roll with it. Yeah. Well, you know, the fun thing about Donald Trump is he loves to be famous so much that if you just tell him to sign something, 
he'll sign it. <laughs> you know, just give him a couple of baseballs, slip in a nice little bill about uh, highway funding. You'll get it signed, I promise mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, t- let me ask you, though, does this have to do with uh, Hurricane Harvey relief? Is Trump actually doing something good and trying to get uh, Hurricane yeah. Harvey relief through Congress as uh, as fast as humanly possible? I think so, and I also think that... Um, Which I'll give him credit for. If that, course, if I that, always give Trump credit when there's something to be giving credit for. I try yeah. to forget all the things that I don't like and say, okay, this is something good. <laughs> and the people of yeah. uh, Texas need Hurricane Harvey relief. Absolutely. I think this is also a slap in the face to Mitch McConnell. Uh, the la- I mean, they've been sort of feuding for a few months now. And, of course, uh, you know, there's still... No love lost there between Jeff Sessions and the Trump administration. Jeff Sessions, by the way, um, the special counsel, uh, Mueller and uh, this fellow Nunes, who was sort of leading the charge on it, have said if he does not release documentation regarding the Russian meetings, uh, he could be held in contempt, which mm-hmm. would be amazing to see Jeff Sessions arrested. Oof. Can you imagine that? Oh, I don't want to get too, like, you know, um, you know, pitchfork over here, but watching him do a perp walk out of Washington uh, <laughs> would make me extremely happy. But uh, uh, so there's a lot of there's a you lot think of they're going to handcuff his big ears too oh my god so they better fly he's away. flying away dumbo <laughs> hey you got dumbo ears he's flying away oh jeff sessions does it again <laughs> oh jeff jeff get back your jeff no, dumbo ears mm. um so the republican party is really divided yeah uh and of course the democratic party is uh is a party that is not going to uh play with donald trump uh, unless he goes along with basically everything you said, which is why I do give, um, I, I do tend to believe uh, what Marcus said earlier regarding the Democrats created a bill and Donald Trump just decided to go with it. Um, this is what Congress has to work on through September. And again, uh, add DACA to this. Um, aiding hurricane victims. We have Hurricane Irma coming up right now. The initial emergency bill uh, was uh, $7.85 uh, billion. Funding request, the overall tab, could eventually be over $100 billion, and I think without a doubt it will be. Uh, they also have to raise the debt limit uh, and pass a, uh, and, uh, spending, and they have to pass a spending plan as well. And I believe that, that this is what happened uh, today. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin asked lawmakers to raise government's uh, statutory borrowing authority by September 29th. And, of course, the House conservatives, this is another area where they pretend like they're being fiscally conservative mm-hmm. uh, and uh, say they don't want to do that. However... Uh, what happened today regarding Donald Trump and his meeting with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, uh, they did pass. So passing a defense bill among the Senate's first orders of business will be to take up the National Defense Authorization Act, a huge bill that sets defense policy and spending levels. They have to rewrite the tax code. I mean, this is huge stuff. This is all happening uh, in September, again, with the Congress that has around 10% approval ratings and very little political capital to go around. Rewriting the tax code and passing big tax cuts are high on President Trump's list of priorities, especially since Congress failed to deliver on its promise to repeal uh, the Affordable uh, Care Act. And this is uh, obviously something where Paul Ryan prides himself on tax reform. Yeah. That race in Wisconsin, by the way, between Paul Ryan and Randy Bryce is relatively close, 21 undecided. Wow. And Randy, Randy Bryce is only down by five percentage points. So um, you never know what happens. Yeah. You never know what happens. We've seen crazier things uh, occur in Washington. Um, so, and, and of course, uh, in order to do this, uh, they have to have the 60 votes necessary to overcome a filibuster, which is going to be difficult to do. Uh, and, of course, shielding the dreamers is another thing on their list. Funding children's health care. The Children's Health Insurance Program provides coverage for 9 million kids in low and moderate income families at a cost of roughly 15 billion bucks a year. 
Um, but the funding for the program is set to expire September 30th. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff. Extending flood insurance, uh, which no doubt I think they're going to have to do. The flood insurance program was created in 1968 after most private insurance companies stopped writing homeowners flood coverage and is now run solely by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which I think is fascinating that private insurance companies don't offer flood insurance. You can only get it through the federal government. It's crazy. It's totally crazy, especially given what's happening. Uh, seems to be more and more regular regarding these super storms that seem to be coming through um, on a regular uh, annual basis. So September is a busy month for Congress, uh, made even busier with the announcements of DACA. You know, it's just the timing of all this stuff. We're only eight months in now, and it's like it's just going at such a breakneck uh, speed. I just wish there was more patience on a lot of things. But all right, so let's get to the interview with Lewis, don't you think? Let's do it. All right, everyone, this is the interview with Lewis. I think you'll enjoy it. All right, well, it's an honor to welcome to the show a, uh, a previous guest. He is a DACA, uh, a child of DACA. Lewis is with us. Lewis, thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, anytime. How are you guys? Uh, oh, we're doing fine, yeah. you know. Doing okay? I'm a little overweight, um, but we're not going to get into all that right now. I've been stuff. I, I, I don't know what's going on with sausages lately. I'm going sausage crazy. I, I, I don't want to talk about Ground that. Ground sausage watch, we'll get into it. Yeah, that's 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 right. That's for sausage watch, uh, which is a whole new segment here on Last Podcast Network. Uh, it's a whole new show called Sausage Watch. Anyway, so uh, Donald Trump has said uh, he wants to replace or get rid of DACA within six months unless Congress acts to replace DACA through... Uh, through congressional means. Uh, Lewis, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, you're a child of DACA, of course, uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, okay, so first off, you know, obviously DACA, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that gives us all the ability to, you know, kind of stay here protected um, and be able to work, mm-hmm. you know. So um, obviously when we heard the news that, you know, they were going to just kind of let it, you know, expire and, do its thing whatever you know obviously it was a very tough thing to listen to right um so like what a lot of people you know are kind of going through and what i'm going through is that you know obviously some people can renew it up Mm -hmm. until october 5th um you know and you have to be within like the six months you know so for me i'm just missing the deadline of Mm. fifth where i can't renew it you know mine expires march 26th I literally just missed the deadline by like 20 days, you know? So right now I'm just in this, in this kind of tough spot where, mm-hmm. you know, in the next months I'm going to be jobless, you know, I'm not going to really have any type of income to like be able to pay for school. And that's kind of what, what's really got me like, you know, feeling tense, you know, like yeah. I'm really uncertain as to like what's going to happen, you know, and that's kind of, kind of what's going on right now, you know? I want to get your thoughts on this when it comes to extreme vetting. Donald Trump has promised extreme vetting. Don't you think that DACA was a, a form of extreme vetting? You had to have a, you had to be enrolled in high school or have a degree. You had to have a job. Right. Uh, there were so many things put in place that ensured the people that were being accepted by DACA were here for the right reasons. What would you tell uh, conservatives or uh, anyone who might see this uh, might see DACA as a uh, we're letting illegals in for free. They don't have to do anything to get mm-hmm. here. Uh, what do you want to tell those people? You know, it's a very, you know, touchy subject. You know, obviously, I, I don't want to tell people to think a certain way because I feel a different way. But, you know, essentially, like 
you know, if you truly believe that, you know, this is what our intentions are of just, you know, kind of running over the law and whatever, you know, obviously it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But through my eyes, at least, um, you know, I'd never had like a real choice to come here. You know, I I came here when I was very young. I had, I was six years old when I came here Mm -hmm. and, you know, I never really had a say as to like what was going to happen, you know? So for me, I Mm. just, you know, I was here, you know, my parents wanted a better life for us and that's why they brought us here, you know? So Mm -hmm. whatever you guys think or whatever they think, you know, uh, they can think that, you know, it's fine. But, you know, I'm here for the reasons to just have a better life, you know, and just to fight and be successful like anybody else, you know, and that's kind of, kind of what's going on, you know? Well, let me ask you. So you say that you're going to be losing your job once this whole thing is over. Um, right. So what do you think they expect you to do? Because if I remember, your parents are from El Salvador, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, They're from, so they're from El Salvador. Do you have any family in El Salvador mm-hmm. that you could possibly return to? or any that, like, Is there even a life, a possible life for you to return to? Because that's what they all say is like they need to go back home. Right. Is there any other home for you to go back to? Um. So I'm, I'm very lucky where, you know, let's say the extreme comes to, you know, comes to hand. Yes, I do have, you know, some sort of family, you know, in El Salvador. I'm not really close to them, you know, right. but obviously they know who I am, you know, and they know the situation. Um, so I do have a place where I can go back to. Yeah. Um, however, it'd be like a really like, you know, it, it, it'd be such a switch where you don't know the culture. You don't really know the people. Right. You don't really know you know, where to start. You can maybe get like help from family and stuff and they can tell you, Oh, you know, maybe you can go here and you can like look for a job like this, you know, but it's, it's really tough. Like going from, you know, pretty much a place where you're established and, you know, you already know what's going on to some place where you're pretty much starting all over again, you know? So that would be my situation where I, I, I wouldn't know how to like, you know, accommodate, you know, at first, you know, I'm sure I could do it as time goes on, but I already have my life established here, you know, like this is, this is my home, you know? Well, so that's, you know, tough, I think you know? That, that's what's so interesting about this entire thing. Lewis coming over here at six years old, the average DACA child was six and a half years old. So he's right there. Um, knowing no other country, having to go to El Salvador, really being another, being an immigrant once again. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, when we talk about this being in limbo, this sort of purgatory stage uh, where these 800,000 plus uh, people are in this country, that's what makes it so unbelievably difficult uh, and so stressful uh, for you and your family. Is that a correct statement, Lewis? Yeah, 100%. So uh, when we talk about the federal government, I want to get into a little bit, uh, maybe some some hope that could uh, that could come. For example, Representative Carlos Curbalo, uh, he's a Republican out of Florida, has put forward a plan for Congress that is basically the exact policies of DACA, but it would go through the proper steps. Um, now all of a sudden the Republicans and conservatives are very, uh, they desperately want the Constitution to be followed 100% when it comes to procedures of government, even though we went into two wars without mm-hmm congressional approval yeah and this is patriot this is where they're drawing the line though <laughs> and the patriot act and nsa spy and, and all of that stuff i want to hear your thoughts uh, on your thoughts though on government as a whole you signed up you did everything right 2012 congress failed uh, comprehensive immigration reform uh, barack obama took the bull by the horns uh and uh, and and created this executive order uh, you, you signed up you followed what the government said i'm interested to hear your thoughts on government now Okay, well, obviously what Obama did for us, 
you know, it was great. You know, it, it helped my family, you know, it helped my brother and sister, you know, establish themselves as, as it helped me, you know. Um, you know, I believe for like since 2001, they've been trying to have some sort of, you know, law in place that will, you know, help, you know, immigrants that came here at a young age, you know, a pathway to citizenship. You right. know? So obviously it's been very like tough thing for them to figure something out, you know, in terms of how they can help us. And when Obama put this in place for us to, you know, get some sort of help, you know, it was just a blessing, you know, so obviously now that this is taken away, you know, it really comes down to government, you know, really trying to figure out how they can, you know, have something in place for us, mm-hmm. you know, that benefited us the way DACA, you know, benefited us right now, you know, so right. it, it, it's really tough, you know, I don't know if, you know, we can really like trust them in a way that right. they're going to come up with something soon, you know, which I would hope they would, you know, obviously that's kind of the idea of them figuring something out. You know, it's just really tough, really, you know, having your trust on, you know, these people that haven't been able to come up with, you know, a solution for this. Exactly. You know, in X amount of years, you know, so it's tougher now. It does. And it seems like, you know, Donald Trump is trying to play political hardball. And as we, Marcus and I were talking before the show, if Barack Obama gave Donald Trump a gold toilet, he would say no silver toilets are the best toilets. (laughs) You get the feeling he's just doing this to dismantle Barack Obama's legacy. Well, that's in Donald Trump's entire presidency right. in a nutshell, so far at least. And, All he wants to yeah. do is destroy. He cannot build. He only want, The only thing he wants to build is a fucking wall. Uh, to with, destroy. Yeah. <laughs> to, to divide, you know. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that, that whole wall situation, 60% of uh, immigrants uh, do not come from the southern border. They come from our ports and other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the right. – do you, do you have any faith in this plan, for example, that I just uh, shared, uh, Curbelo's plan, which basically the bill, for, the bill provides immigrants that have been vetted by the Department of Homeland Security with three pathways towards legalization, higher education, services in the armed forces, or work authorization following a five-year conditional status. These immigrants would be able to reapply for a five-year permanent permanent uh, status, uh, like you just said, Congress hasn't been able to do anything on this issue. Do you feel like because now their backs are against the wall, uh, they might actually get something done? Uh, and then also, when it comes to that, um, being such an, a small minority of the population, how do you feel about it being sort of used as such a wedge issue? Like I said, I don't know if I can. Well, okay, to the point of the whole Florida thing, yes, I do have faith that you know something will happen you know as of as of how long um i don't know how long it's going to take you know maybe it's going to take the six months that they're you know kind of gauging you know but i really think it's going to maybe take a little bit longer um and then what was your second question again well just i mean how does it feel to be in the crosshairs of american politics i mean obviously uh, again the 800,000 plus daca kids that are here are great i was just reading an article regarding um silicon valley and it's much more than I actually expected. Both DACA and H-1B policies are reminders of the sizable role immigrants play in Silicon Valley. 51% of the billion-dollar startups in the U.S. were founded by immigrant entrepreneurs. I mean, these are really the people that are keeping the American dream alive. So how does it feel to be in the sight, to be in the scope of uh, of a government administration? To be honest, yeah, it's just like, it's mind-boggling, you know, like, it, it's not it's like we're not like boys, you know, we're we're honestly we're just people, you know, and to just kind of have us, you know, kind of just dangling, you know, on the cliff, 
and just kind of toying with us, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like disrespectful in a way, you know, oh, like totally. we're just here to like, you know, work and try to be successful. You know, that's that's my plan. You know, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, everybody else's plan. You right. Know, even people that are not, that's just their plan, you know, to just be successful in whatever, you know, venture they decide to go in. Absolutely. You know? So it's, it's kind of just like, you know, kind of like a slap in the face where like, you know, they're just trying to toy with us, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure like maybe that's not their intentions, but you know, it just feels that way where, you know, there, it, it's just like a political chess move, you know, like they're making moves in order for them to like, you know, have something else figured out. I don't know. It's just, it's just tough, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this has been Donald Trump's, as Marcus alluded to earlier, entire strategy, divide and conquer, Muslim ban, uh, focusing on immigra- uh, immigrants. You know, he just takes small minority pockets and pits massive majorities against them. And this is what has galvanized uh, the support that he received in 2016, a lot of the uh, support he's receiving now. And of course, he's also desperate to hold on to this bizarre cobbled uh, coalition uh, that this coalition he cobbled together throughout his uh, two years in running for president. Well, it's all he's got. It's all he has. Um, I'm interested to hear what your parents think. I mean, obviously, uh, they must be extremely concerned, and they are the ones who signed up for the program, uh, thinking this was going to be for the greater good of you. And unfortunately, because they did sign up for the program, the government has all of your information, and we know how um, destructive and lazy, for the lack of a better term, ICE has been, just going to people's court um, cases, uh, not allowing people, if they are reporting to 311, ICE will just show up. Instead of getting your shower fixed, you get uh, you get detained and possibly deported. What are your parents thinking right now? Well, so I haven't really talked to my dad about it, um, but I, I did talk to my mom about it last night. Um, we were talking on the phone, and, you know, she was like, hey, you know, what, what's going on? Are you doing okay? You know, and I told her I was fine. Um she was pretty much just telling me, you know, just to stay calm, to just, you know, try to, you know, see what happens, mm-hmm. kind of go from there, you know, have some sort of plan, you know, set that mm-hmm. if, you know, anything were to go wrong, you know, I have something to kind of lean back on, you know. So yeah. right now that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. You know, I'm just trying to have some sort of plan for the future, you know, for the next like couple of years. Um, you know, which is tough, you know, I have like six months to kind of figure something out, you know, and that's kind of what she saw me just to stay calm and, you know, just really be smart about what my next choices, you know, in life are going to be. And, you know, it's kind of just what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. We, we talk about privilege in this country, and I think one of the biggest privileges uh, across racial lines and economic lines is citizenship. Yeah. And when you have to go through life uh, as an immigrant where there's constantly doors being shut in your face to get to the legalized citizenship status, um, you know, that level of stress and that conversation you just had with your mother breaks my heart because no one in this country should have to have conversations with their children being like, prepared. Yeah. Uh, make sure that everything is okay because you never know when the right. federal government is going to come knocking down your doors and uh, and and, uh, and and rip you from your room. Well, ICE is right. raiding Greenpoint, where we record. You know, which is a Polish neighborhood. Oh, of course. You know, like of that, course. that. They are abs- <laughs> There is not ICE raids over on Franklin Street. No, uh, that does not happen in you know predominantly white immigrant neighborhoods. Absolutely. Uh, this is a this absolutely it has a focus, uh, mm-hmm. and anybody can see what that focus is, what Donald Trump's immigration reform has to do, what his immigration policy uh, has to do with. I mean, you look at the DACA kids, you look at the border wall, and you know exactly what 
what his immigration reform has well, to do with. Uh, Lewis, I want to get your thoughts here on this Donald Trump quote. He says, quote, I have love for these people, and hopefully now Congress will be able to help them and do it properly. And I can tell you, speaking to the members of Congress, they want to be able to do something and do it right. Uh, does that give you any reassurance whatsoever that it's going to get done? And also, how do you feel when Donald Trump says he supposedly loves DACA kids? Yeah, that he loves you. Donald Trump loves you. <laughs> well, obviously, Donald Trump says a lot of things, you know, that, you know, over time, it just, you know, it kind of lose, loses its substance, you know, it, it doesn't really make any sense, you know, so him saying that stuff, you know, it doesn't really like, you know, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, as much as he can say like, yeah, you know, we love you guys, whatever, you know, that that to me doesn't mean anything, you know, it's about taking action, you know, and mm-hmm. To me, like when the announcement was made that DACA was going to be discontinued, you know, I, I thought, you know, it would have been like a better move for him to say it himself than it was to have, you know, the other guy say it. I forgot his name. Um, so I felt like that was kind of like a, you know, a weak move in his part mm-hmm. where he could have, you know, said like, hey, you know, obviously I'm going to discontinue it, but I, I'm hopeful that, you know, the government can figure something out and have a bill passed that can help us, you know? So yeah. that's kind of what I was hoping for, you know, but obviously that didn't happen, you know? So whatever he says, you know, it really doesn't really mean anything, you know, unless there's some action involved behind it. Absolutely. Actions speak a lot louder than tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Just lastly, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and, and sharing your thoughts with us and your experience. And uh, we can yeah, only hope that this is a chapter in American history that is qu- closed quickly uh, with a good conclusion. Um, just lastly, right. how is your community? Uh, you're still in the Midwest, correct? We don't have to say your exact state or anything. No, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm still in Chicago. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to be in Chicago, you know, for – I'm planning on being here pretty much, you know, my life. I love Chicago. It's a beautiful yeah. city. You know, it, it just feels – I feel at home here, you know. Yeah. Um, I have all my, you know, my close friends here. You know, I have a lot of family here as well. You know, so this, and this is where I'm planning on staying. I'm just know? interested. Have you noticed any cultural shifts of normalizing sort of strange, you know, just kind of bigotry, I suppose? Have you noticed any sort of cultural shifts um, in your time there in Chicago? Um, so I kind of live in a suburb of Chicago. You know, my suburb is pretty much filled with a lot of it's a lot of, you know, mixed uh, cultures here. You know, my high school is very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um but from what my perspective, my perspective was, you know, my high school was very connected, even though we had people, you know, that were Indian or Hispanic or, you know, from wherever else, you know, we were all super close. We all really respected each other. And that's something I really loved about my community. I never really saw a new shift in, you know, any sort of way. We were always very together. We were always very, you know, yeah, it was a very like kind community, you know. It still is that way, you know. Okay, and I'm very thankful that I'm in this place, you know. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. We love Chicago as well, of course. Being being Midwestern boys, uh, well, me being boy. a hey, Midwestern Ryan. boy myself, Texas. Uh, they're they're hey. they're wonderful people. Um, well, thank you so much, Lewis. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share. And by the way, I just have a quick uh, question: Is Chicago is not a sanctuary city, is it? Um. You know, I think it is. It I is, think okay. Actually, our mayor, yeah, our mayor just said something that, you know, I think it's Chicago's going to be a Trump-free zone where he's not welcome, you know, to be here. You know, it's whatever. You know, it is what it is. They can oh, yeah. do whatever. You know, it doesn't really affect me, but whatever. Okay. It is what it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lewis. We wish you the best, and you got to call back again. We'll keep uh, uh, everyone updated on your story, and we really appreciate it. 
Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, guys. You know, I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was a powerful interview, and I really want to, again, thank you so much, Lewis, for putting yourself out there and sharing your uh, American experience uh, with us here on Able Against Top Hat. Um, all right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel uh, on Twitter, Ben Kissel1 on Instagram. Marcus Parks is Marcus Parks on Instagram. And uh, check out all the great shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Uh, hail yourselves, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.